Welcome back to another episode of Yahweh in His Own Words. Thank you for checking back in. Today we continue to look at God's revelation of Himself as the forgiver of sin. And I think it's important that given God went through great pains to not just say, I forgive sin, but to mention that he forgives every journey of sin, every expression of sin, every stage of sin, every act of sin, you know, every process, the whole process of it, the whole journey of it. That's important to therefore reflect on what that means, because he could have just said, I forgive sin. But he says, I forgive iniquity, Avon, which we looked at last week, just that the choices and decisions that we make away from God and the baggage that that brings. I forgive Pesha, which we'll be looking at today, which is a complete rebellion from God. And the next episode, we'll look at Kathar, the general word for sin, which is missing the mark. But today we think about the word rebellion, because God is saying, I forgive rebellion. Like the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son says to his father in Luke chapter 15. He said, Give me my inheritance. I, I can't wait. Just give me your inher- my inheritance. I want to go and live away from you. And I remember Miles Monroe, the late Miles Monroe, describing what happened um, in the Garden of Eden as man declaring independence from God. So if you know about colonialism, for example, in the country I grew up in, Nigeria, was colonized by the United Kingdom. So for a long time, the Queen was the head of state of Nigeria. But at some point, Nigeria said, we don't want the Queen. We want to be our own nation. And this is what happens with humanity. We say, we don't want God. We'll be our own God. We'll be our own God. We'll decide what is right and wrong. We'll decide what is good and bad. We'll decide what fruitfulness looks like and what fullness of life looks like. We'll call the shots. We'll be our own God. We'll use our own wisdom. We'll operate on our own strength. And so there is that rebellion. There's a breaking of a covenant because we were created to dwell with God and for God to dwell within us. We were created to be God's children, God's dwelling place. We were created for relationship with God. We were created to worship him and to be loved by him. That's what we were created for. You know, when God says to the people of Israel, he says when he's trying to establish his intention for humanity and he says, I will not share you with anyone else. That was the covenant God made with us. But just as in relationship, we said, 
And like I said, in the world today, sometimes it's explicitly stated like the prodigal son did and say, I want to see other people. We, we, I want to see other people. I don't want this to be exclusive between us. I want to see other people. I want to see what's out there. Or sometimes it's inferred, which is where we mostly travel as, as those who are in Christ. We, through our words, through our actions, through our thoughts, through the places where we go to dwell, we go away from home and we say we want to see what else is out there. Yes, Lord, I know that you said that you can give me joy, you can give me life, you can give me peace. But I want to worship other gods. I want to see what that other god can do it for me. And sometimes those other gods are not obvious, you know, the bad guy gods. Like, you know, like I said, whenever we think about sin, people immediately say immorality. You know, that's the first thing that comes to people's mind. But there's so many idols. Just, just yesterday I was having a conversation with my brothers and we were talking about how for a long time we had bowed before the idol of Manchester United. Manchester United became our own bow. You know, it dictated our mood. It dictated our happiness. I mean, there was times that I wouldn't talk to God for days because Man United lost the game. And I'm like, God, how can you let that happen? And I wouldn't speak to him for days. And, you know, career can do become that. Relationships can become that. Food Wine, sex can become that. Religion can become that. There's so many of us as Christians who we do not recognize Christ as the head of the church. We're not trying to follow him. We're more interested in what the Baptist constitution says and what the church constitution says and how we've always done things rather than to ask, what does Christ want? What does God want? You know, what is that, what is at the center of our lives? Who is at the center of our lives? Who is it and what is it that we look to to give us hope and rest and a future? Because that is the space, the the, the key is that is the space that we dwell in the most. That is the thing that we give most of our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength to and given that in the beginning when God created humanity the agreement was that that was a relationship that we would have with him he would be our God and given that when we who are in Christ came to Jesus that was the agreement that we had with Christ that Christ will be our savior whenever we turn to a different Christ whenever we turn to a different God Whenever we leave home to try and look for joy and peace and fulfillment elsewhere, that is rebellion. It's the breaking of a covenant. It's the breaking of a covenant. And we go away. But you know that the reality is that like the prodigal son, we always discover that these other gods were fake news all along. In Isaiah 46, God speaks to his children about the other gods that they turn to. He says, They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From that spot, it cannot move. 
Though one cries out to it, it does not answer. It cannot save him from his troubles. You see, we carry these gods around with us. When we have a God who says, I will carry you. We try to sustain this God so that they can continue to give us life. When we have a God that says, I will sustain you. We try to make things better when we say this, when we have a God who says, I am with you. I made you. I will rescue you. And so what the prodigal son does is that he, at some point, the son realizes this. He says, oh, I'm God's child. The message comes to us. And that message comes to us because of Jesus. It is Jesus who shows us through his life, through his death, that we are God's children. In Isaiah, Isaiah speaks in Isaiah 53 when he says, Jesus was wounded for our rebellion. He bore the rebellion of many. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. In the true story, like we talked about, of the prodigal son, Jesus is the one who comes to us and says, you can go home. I will pay the price for your rebellion. I will take it off you. You know, it's like, you can go home. Because of me, you can go home. Because the, the, the problem for us, you know, like when you really, really messed up in a relationship and you, you've caught all ties, you've severed all ties with particular people and you've, you've basically said, I don't want you, I want something else. When you go away and you found out, find out that that something else didn't quite work out, you feel like you can't go back. You're like, I've cut all my ties, I've burned all my bridges, I can't go back. They wouldn't want me, he wouldn't want me, she wouldn't want me. But Jesus is the one who comes to us and says, you can go home. And he shows you through his life how many people, you know, when he meets Peter and Peter is like, you, would, you don't want someone like me. He literally says to Peter, follow me. You can come back home. You can come back to me. To the woman who meets him in Simon's house, it's the same thing. You are forgiven. You can go home. Go and see no more. You can go home. It's fine. The truth is that um, it's, it's the realization that we are a child that makes the prodigal go home. But it's the understanding that we are loved that makes us stay there. You see, if the prodigal son returned home to his father and his father was like, oh, you've come back. You've come back, have you? After you went, wasted my money, wasted your life, wasted your inheritance, and every day he was hammered about all the things he did wrong and all the mistakes he made and all his foolishness and and how he's so lucky that he's been taken back. After a few days, the prodigal of someone had been like, you know what, I'm 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 gonna go out again and look for somewhere that I'm not gonna be condemned repeatedly. But when the prodigal son returns home, his father 
embraces him and kisses him and is filled with compassion. You see, Romans 5 5 tells us that God has poured his love into our hearts through his Holy Spirit. And Paul backs that up in Romans 8 6 from 16 when he says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. You see, we had an inheritance of this world and we wasted it. We threw it away. We spent it. This world has gone from Avon to Pasha to Qatar. This world is, is, you look around this world and rather than us, the goodness of God, the spirit of God multiplying, which was what we were asked to do. It's sin that multiplies. It's brokenness that multiplies. It's a different kind of spirit that has multiplied because that was the decision we made. We wanted to see how if these other spirits, if these other gods could give us life. But when we come home, even though what we did in the beginning was to reject the spirit of God, it is, it is his spirit that God fills us up with. He lets us know that we are his children, that we are loved. Christ shares his inheritance with us. Even though we wasted ours, Christ shares his inheritance with us. He gives us again his father. His father's love, his father's compassion, his father's kindness. And he does it by removing any record of our rebellion. David says in Psalm 103. He said, He has removed my rebellion from me as far as the east is from the west. In other words, God does not associate that act with you. As far as God is concerned, that never happened. You never left home. As far as He's concerned, you never left home. You never left, you never lost your inheritance because all along, Your inheritance is his love. And his love we can never lose. God is the forgiver of sin. He's the forgiver of rebellion. His door and his arms are always open. The gate to his heart is always open because that gate is Jesus. And in Jesus' eyes, in Jesus' life, In Jesus' death, in Jesus' resurrection, we see the fullness of God's beautiful love. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all.